gasoline that lights the fire that burns the bridge. Ice creates the water that's no longer running under it. Stool holds the fool that pours the whiskey on his broken heart. Cigarettes create the smoke that hides the lonesome in his eyes. The jukebox plays Hank, I'm so lonesome I could cry. Dance floor holds the folks trying to forget who they are. In every little honky tonk ball. Friday night, it's given. I'll be alive, in living. We'll dance on the bar till we're sleeping and off in the car. Monday morning, it's given. I'll be Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. This week, joining us at Darsh Meshru, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are continuing with our Evergreen series. Today's topic, we're going to go a lot of places with this one, is Am I Ready to Retire? Okay, the music, of course, George Strait, who probably had 60 top five hits and the thing that that makes George Strait so distinct is that his style of country music is quintessentially Texan and um, so that means he's got a very big listening audience just in one state alone but he was unlike some of the other Texas based country music groups able to translate it to a much larger audience and I had a buddy of mine that I worked with in Houston had his well let's just say he knew him pretty well and he plays golf at a place uh, near Bernie Texas which is in the hill country and he'll he'll go he'll come out and play golf he'll be wearing cutoff jeans uh, a t-shirt and he might be barefooted you know so he he kind of has a little bit of a willie nelson <laughs> persona if, when he's not on stage you know willie's got his persona when he is on stage so um but anyway george Strait, of course uh very very texan very regional in the way he lives his normal life but very widespread in his musical appeal so you know i I take my hat off to him okay am i ready to retire so this is a an evergreen thing that we do that means when we get lazy uh one day and don't want to record a show that week we can play this again which, but so we're going to try to fill it. Listen with, closely, take notes, and you can also yeah, find it on our uh, website, dupreefinancial.com, for when Tom decides to maybe go on a trip to visit a company that we might invest in. Oh, okay. So you're going to try to put a good spin on it. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, no, no, seriously. We, we're trying to do these things that you can go back to and listen to over and over again. 
if you're interested in in these kinds of things and the the thing here is am i ready to retire well personally and this is a very personal thing the answer for me is no but i have seen people that come in here and i'm just going to say this especially if they work in a factory or some kind of uh place where they do physical labor that is really wearing their body down. We've had people come in here from Toyota, for instance. They've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, they're ready. And that doesn't mean they're ready to quit. That means they might be ready to do something different occupationally and with the the hours in their day. So, you know, this is something we're going to talk about, and we'll start off with that, and Mike, go for it. Yeah, so the the idea of retirement – uh, you, you touched on it, Tom. Is it actually stop to stop working uh, and to quote unquote, you know, live the good life, so to speak, or is it to quit your current job or career and start a new career um, or, or a, a new job, uh, just in a different field? Um, you know, we've seen people that have actually changed careers uh you know they have had a career in something uh and then they retire and they start a new career uh something that builds on itself over a long period of time um so that's that's the first big question you know when you make this decision what are you going to do are you going to what what are your goals what what are your ambitions what do you want to do um but let's say that it's i don't want to be employed anymore Um, and so you have to ask yourself, okay, you're not employed. What are you going to do to fill your time? Do you have hobbies? Um, what are other interests? What are things that you do or enjoy doing that keep you, uh, mentally, physically stimulated, active, um, engaged? Uh, cause these are all things that are vitally important. Um, you know, the, the mental and physical, uh, the, the two go hand in hand. Um, if you stay mentally sharp, typically you'll be more, uh, you'll physically be healthier. Um, and you have the social aspect of it too. Um, a lot of, especially men, uh, their identity is tied up in their career. Um, you know, you've, you've built something over the years where, you're now to the point in life where when people see you, you expect them to act a certain way because of your career, you know, be it, you know, attorney, architect, engineer, um, whatever it may be, accountant. Um, you have come to expect a certain sort of reaction or certain way that people look at you um and are you willing to give up that identity and uh you know there's there's some ego in that and it's not a bad thing uh because you take pride in what you've done um but that will change when you retire and that's something that a lot of I, i think especially men don't think about um they just people will not probably not intentionally but you may be treated different there's just a there's a different let me tell you something yeah 
of a man that was a very prominent man in the community and president of a large organization. When he stepped down from that, you know, you don't have a secretary anymore. You don't, they're not calling you. It was tough on him. Yeah. And, and I know that happens with others. There's a guy that started a thing down here in one of the buildings, uh, where guys that are typically retired, but they're executive types have their little offices in there. They've got a woman that takes, and they have that feel of being kind of in an off. I mean, a lot of what they're doing is reading the wall street journal, looking at their stocks, but I mean, at least they have a place to go. That's where their wife does not have to act as their secretary, which some women don't like that. I, I don't know why they wouldn't like it. But. <laughs> some of the younger wives are still working. Yeah, it could be. And some of them probably have younger wives. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. But but no, that that's that's a um, something that a lot of people don't think about as you're getting ready to retire. Um, you just think about, well, I don't want to do this. I want to have plenty of free time. Well, the free time can become the problem. Um, health and health and phys, uh, health and mental and physical health. So whichever decision you make, just make sure that you stay physically and mentally active and you stay engaged. So that's the first big decision. Uh, the next decision or, or consideration is look at your sources of income, uh, so recurring streams of payment, you know, be it uh, pensions, uh, social security, those types of things. How much will you be collecting on a regular basis? That's quote unquote guaranteed. Um, what are your expenses? Uh, you know, do an in-depth analysis of your debts. Um, what debts do you have? What What are the interest rates? What are the terms of those? Should you pay off some of these debts? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it's all about cash flow. So know what has to go out every month, your fixed expenses, um, mortgage payment, um, insurance, uh, utilities, gas, food, itemize what your expenses are, know exactly what those are, your fixed expenses, um, and then figure up what your uh, discretionary or your wants are each month. And then between those two, you come to the conclusion of, I need X amount a month to live on. So then once you have that figure, then you go back and you compare that to what your fixed uh, income payments are, your annuity payments, if you will, your pensions, uh, social security. Are those covering your, your needs and wants? More than likely, not. Just generally, no. Uh, sometimes, yes, but generally for most people, no. So now, logically, the next thing is where is that extra money going to come from? And that's when you get into the investments, your your investment portfolio, your savings, your 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, all of these things that you've accumulated over the years, that's when you, we start getting into that pool of money. Yeah, I mean, that's assuming that you don't have any other income streams. That's right. And, and consider, too, if and you, you should have, always try to have extra ones. <laughs> you always want more, more, more streams of income. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, it could be um, hobbies that have been monetized. 
Uh, it could be rental properties. It could be a number of things. Um, but know what your situation is. Nobody's exactly the same. Um, now, once you have that in mind, you've made the decision, I'm going to retire, change careers, or and, and then the next piece, how much you need a month, how much is coming in, what's the shortfall. Now consider how old you are. Consider your age. You know, most people, you, you, when you think of the word retirement, you think of early, mid-60s. Uh, yeah. that's, that's a picture that comes to my mind. Um, we've had people that have retired or changed careers younger, um, some much older um, that are, you know, in their second careers now. Um, but your age has a huge impact on a number of things. Um, let's say, for example, uh, you decide you want to retire from uh, a manufacturing uh, uh, place and you have a 401k and you're 55 years old. Well, you have no social security right now. You don't get a pension from it and you have your 401k. You're not going to get social security till 62 or later. Why does somebody want to retire at age 55? I've seen it. I've seen it. And I, what are they really doing, though? They're not stopping working, are they? No. Uh, generally, no. I've seen some that, yes, they want to stop working for several years, um, but they have hobbies that they're wanting to they're pursue. They're going to do, yeah. Exactly. Could be farming, could be a number of things. So... What do you do in that kind of in that scenario? Your age is impacting that potential cash flow because if it's in an IRA and you're 55, you take a, a withdrawal from it, you have a 10 percent penalty on that. Um, you you have that bridge to gap between 55 and Social Security. Um, so th- there are ways to do that, but that's a uh, the age plays a huge role in where things will be coming from. Now, yeah. I would say as a side note, if those individuals had come to us years before, we would have had different uh, uh, tax uh, type of accounts. You have That's the reason you have a regular investment account. You have a Roth IRA. You have yeah. after-tax dollars because or and pre-tax dollars because that gives you flexibility on withdrawals not just for retirement but if something unexpected happened right um so flexibility is always the key um so the younger you start planning for this the better um but let's say you didn't and you're retiring at 55 there's several discussions to have there. Where do you pull the assets from? Uh, what withdrawal rate do you take? Because, you know, let's say, let's say you adhere to the 4% rule. Well, you're 55 years old, right? That's a long time to have a, even a 4% withdrawal rate. Okay. So I'm going to kind of say something different here. I, the, the older I get, <clears throat> The less I believe in any of this stuff, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know, we can we 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 can certainly have disagreements. I believe that what the average person needs to find out: number one, absent COVID, and absent the effects of COVID, people's 
lifespan was getting longer. It's actually shortening here recently. But regardless, many people are living into their 80s and 90s. It's going to be very tough for any pot of money to last that long, given that we're in a low interest rate environment and that we are, um, you know, that things are getting more expensive. So, you know, what would you say would be, you know, the kind of things that people should be thinking about in terms of not just looking at your retirement plan, no matter how big it is, because the bigger the plan, then people like to buy bigger toys a lot of times, and <laughs> yeah. they, they have more That's right. outgo. I mean, what's the it, thought on that? I mean, yeah, you know, this is not easy. If you've done a, you've put a certain piece in a certain hole for 30 years and, you know, or, or just been a, 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 you know, it was a nice job and you were making money at it, but you're, you got to think outside of that in terms of how you survive. What can you do, continue to do as an older person? Mm-hmm. No, uh, the environment we're in right now is i mean at least in my time of noticing and you know watching this closely now is the best time for people with experience to get you hired. got it baby it's, it's never been better i've never seen it now. better never has it's it's almost like when intra- when the market was cheap that was the best time to yeah. invest this is the best time to go out and I mean, if you can't find a job knowing what you know, you know, you can do it. Anybody can do it right now. Absolutely. And you, as the person with experience, um, and here, empathy, you know, people that have built a career or done a job for a long time, most people have developed this, this empathy. You can empathize with other people. They have that true. That right there is, is a key for almost any employer out there. I don't care if it's, you know, the greeter at Walmart to a professional service. Exactly. It's being able to empathize with people, understand where they're coming from communication. That's a huge part. And so you, you as the person with experience can almost kind of name your terms in today's environment. Um, you can't just go out and have, you know, it's not a blank check, but there's flexibility. Because uh, you know, they want you, they and want you can kind of do it on your terms a little bit. Exactly. There, there's a lot more flexibility right now than there's ever been. One of the things that, that I think about is our friend, retired physician, he quit at around late sixties and boy, it drove him nuts for a number of years because he wasn't practicing medicine anymore. And he had a lot of time on his hands because they wouldn't let him practice medicine in any way, shape or form because he had to buy as much malpractice insurance as if he were practicing full time. And it didn't make economic sense. And I think, what a waste. He's no longer with us. But I thought it was a waste. Yeah. He could have still been doing what he did. Right. And I don't like that about the way things are. 
Yeah. So realize that you, the soon-to-be retiree, career changer, whatever it may be, you have an incredible amount of experience that can be translated into a lot of different jobs, a lot of different areas that can be beneficial to the employer, the other employees, and it can be beneficial to you financially. Uh, so it's it's an option that you have that a lot of people in the past haven't had the ability to do. Um, so again, be aware of it. Take advantage of it if you can. Um, so we've talked, you know, what your expenses are, how much you need. Um, uh, we're going to get into the investment process uh, in a little more detail detail the next time uh, the next piece of this because that is critical uh to the retirement plan you wrap that up so beautifully for the first segment you are listening to the tom dupree show with darsh meshru mike johnson and tom dupree and as we have said this particular segment is about Am I Ready to Retire as part of our Evergreen series that we're running right now. If you missed anything that you want to hear again, you can always find it on our website, duprefinancial.com, under the blog and radio tab. Um, these will be posted there in the order that we do them. So last week's is up. This week's will be up on Monday. Stay tuned. More to come. I'm leaning on up to you. To decide what you're going to do. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Adarsh Meshru, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree. And this is part of our Evergreen series. Today's topic is, Am I Ready to Retire? And the second half of the hour, we're going to go a completely different direction and talk about the investment side of right. retiring. So this is an interesting song. It's, by, it's called Leaving It Up to You by Dale and Grace. Um, to, I don't know if they were married, um, but 
Dale Houston was from uh, a little town in Mississippi, and Grace was from this small town in Louisiana. And he was in a bar in Faraday. Well, that's right across the Mississippi River from Natchez, home of Jerry Lee Lewis, Mickey Gilly, and uh, the guy that uh, did that song um, that was in the movie um, Urban Cowboy. Uh, can't think of his name. He's, he's like a cousin of Mickey Gilly. Mickey Gilly and Jerry Lee Lewis are cousins. So this guy has a very Elvisy sound to his voice. Of course, you know where Elvis made his initial um, appearance. It was not Nashville. It was in Shreveport at the Louisiana Hayride. Elvis was from Tupelo. That, that was not Nashville-centric. That was kind of, you know, Shreveport could have been Nashville. So anyway, uh, it's an older song. Um, I've always been fascinated with the songwriting process and what constitutes a hit. Um, you know, it's the weirdest thing. People that are good songwriters, sometimes they just about can't do anything else, but they're good at that. And, um, this was a song when they heard it, he said, you know, this is a hit and it was. So anyway, take it away, brother. <laughs> Want to circle back around one, one other, uh, piece before we get into the investments. Um, when somebody retires, they're, they're generally, they're thinking about, okay, I have this much. Is it going to last my lifetime? That's kind of phase one. A lot of people don't think beyond that first step. You know, what is the long-term goal, purpose of this money? When I say long-term, I mean generational. Um, are, are you planning to leave a legacy for heirs, for children, grandchildren? Um, is that part of the plan? It's something to consider. Um, is it that you do just want to spin down the principle. And I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong. You know, th that's why when, when we talk about money is very personal, personal, everybody is different. It's because it, it is every, every plan is different uh, because we're dealing with people uh, and people deal in money. So uh, think about that. What is the, ultimate goal of the money is it just to uh, sustain you in your lifetime or is this money that's to be set aside for generations to come um, we've seen incredible things be built um, when when money is allowed to really work long term um, it's so easy in this business uh, you know, think long-term, well, that's six months. You know, you look at, you know, a few statements, that's long-term. But money that's been allowed to work for generations, uh, it's incredible what can be built. So it's another piece to consider. What are your goals for it? But moving on to the investments, um, 
everybody, most everybody's familiar with 401ks, you know, just employer sponsored retirement plans. It could be a 401k, 403b, um, a number of things, but this is money that goes in generally pre-tax. Uh, we'll say as a side note, a lot of employer plans now offer Roth 401k or Roth, uh, portions of money. That's an incredible, uh, benefit the younger you are. Uh, so like for example, in, uh, for this year, 2022, um, if you're, well, you can, can, they increase the limits to a 401k. So you can put up to $20,500 if you're under age 50 into a 401k. Um, if you're thinking non-employer, uh, IRA or a Roth, well, it's only, Five thousand, six thousand, um, six thousand for this year, um, versus twenty thousand five hundred. Then they have co- uh, catch-up contributions, but you can put more back into the employer. So the Roth uh, option is a, is an incredible benefit that's being offered today. However, remember, everything you take out of an IRA when you get older is taxable. Max out your IRAs and your 401ks, but also invest on the side in other kinds of things. Could be a business, could be a stock position, could be a bunch of stocks, could be a managed account with the pre-financial group. Could be a lot of things, but that's money. Don't fall into that um, deception of seeing this big number on your IRA account and saying, oh, that's all my money. No, it's like an uncashed, untaxed paycheck that you haven't gotten yet that will be taxed as it comes out. Right, absolutely. So you have assets, you have invested dollars in various accounts, how is it currently invested? You're moving into a new phase in life. Um, how should it be invested versus how is it invested? Um, the 401k employer plans, those are great accumulation vehicles. Those are designed for dollar cost averaging. Um, when you're moving into the retirement phase, you know, especially if you're having distributions from the account, um, that's a whole different ball game. Uh, you're no longer making the regular contributions. Now you're going to be more than likely taking regular distributions. So you have to invest differently uh, because while volatility is your friend, when you're accumulating, while you're putting money in, um, volatility can really work against you um, when you're drawing money out. Um, depending on when that volatility happens. We talked last week, I think it was, on sequence of return risk. Uh, that's, you know, go back and listen to that one. That's a, a good side note. Um, but volatility can be your friend, but it can also kill your retirement plan if, if you're not properly invested to deal with it. So when you say volatility... What you mean is the market going down. <laughs> exactly. Let's not uh, yeah. 
Let's, let's, don't, let's don't BS anybody. Yeah. You, you're talking about the market dropping. Yeah. You know, you're not talking about this. <laughs> you're talking about downward. Darsh, why don't you talk about the uh, dynamics of trying to set, and this is not easy, trying to set up an even series of payments from a retirement investment portfolio while investing in a portfolio that can move all over the place. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a, a challenging uh, task. Uh, there are, you know, so within a portfolio, there are two main asset classes like we talk, talk, talked about last week. You know, you can have uh, stocks, you can own bonds in the portfolio. And uh, both stocks and bonds can throw off uh, an income. Uh, bonds pay what's known as an interest payment, whereas stocks pay dividends. Uh, one way to generate income from a portfolio is to own stocks that pay dividends. Uh, and there are many companies out there that pay dividends that have a history of paying dividends. Uh, and they pay these dividends despite, you know, whatever the stock price does. In most cases, not in every case. Uh, of course, when you own a bond, you get a fixed interest payment provided that, you know, the bond does not go into default. So it's very important to do, you know, proper credit analysis on the bond before you invest in it. Um, there are plenty of companies uh, that have a history of not only paying dividends, but consistently raising their dividends through uh, various environments. Uh, so that, that could be one option. Uh, there's always the option of, uh, you know, taking capital gains. Say you, uh, you know, your portfolio actually goes up in value. You can sell a few things within that portfolio, and that could also be a source of income. Um, so, you know, as far as having a payment that's, uh, that's stable, that's, uh, that's growing, that keeps up with inflation, uh, th- that's definitely, uh, challenging, but, uh, it's, it's not impossible to do. Yeah. So you're going to want to invest in things that over time are going to grow more. Right than the rate of inflation and taxes. And if in, they do pay out dividends, you'd like to see a growing dividend stream with a bond. Any bond, you have a fixed rate of payments. They don't increase over a 10 or 15-year period, however long the bond is outstanding for. And The other thing is that in today's current interest rate environment, you're simply not being compensated for the level of inflation that there is. So in the early 80s, um, basically under Carter, which amazes me, it was decided, you know, we have this kind of stagflation thing. We've got to fix this. He brought in Paul Volcker as the head of the Federal Reserve. 
who had significantly fewer tools back then for fighting inflation than it does today. But you had an inflation rate that was as high or higher than current interest rates. Right. Um, so, um, what, what what was the question? Well, I'm not sure it was a question. It actually turned into a statement. Um, I don't think it even started as a question. Um, The the thing that is that the challenge is to keep your payout ahead of the rate of inflation and that with a bond, that's not as likely to happen, especially now that interest rates on bonds are lower than the putative rate of inflation. However, if you look at, Long strips, that's uh, the, or not strips, tips, tips. Um, treasury inflation protected securities. It's weird the way they're priced. It, it It's priced like inflation is going to go back to nothing. My question is, how does one navigate these things without being an investment professional or expert themselves? I think, uh, you know that the answer does not have to be one or the other. You know, in an environment like this where interest rates are going up, it's easy to say, "Okay, bonds are now terrible, so let's just not invest in bonds." You know, they could play a role because ultimately, even you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, when we had that stagflationary period, rates did shoot up, but at some point, bonds became excellent buys. Um, so. Uh, Oh, they were that best investment going. Right. Of course, the stock market actually did better. uh, Yes, the stock market did do better. Um, But the risk profile between a bond and a stock is also different. So depending on your stage in life, you know, if you're content at that point, you could have gotten 13, 14, 15% perhaps. Uh, And the stock market, of course, did better. But say you were age 75 at that point, then you could have locked in that uh, sure, but if you lived, if you said went out thirty years, and let's say you're still alive now, and it's you're 105 years old, right. your 12 percent bond just matured, and you're getting you know two now, so that, that we have to look at all these things. That's true, right? Because a bond is a product of currency. Well, Charlie Munger says over the long haul, you know, the currency goes to zero, and, and and that's what Buffett has said. Right. By the way, you see Cowper's is trying to replace him. That's nuts. Anyway, sorry, I didn't get it mean to get off on that. The he understands, you know, typically an insurance company invests in fixed income products. He's taken an insurance product or company and and invested mainly in equities, knowing that the long term wealth is really built there. Right. That that's true, yes. So, longer term, uh, you know, equities outperform stocks just because uh, equities have the ability to grow uh, and increase cash flow, whereas with bonds, your cash flow is is uh, stagnant, basically, uh, or fixed. So, um, I guess even in that environment, you know, say in the early eighties, interest rates were high, so. You didn't have to go 100% into bonds. You could still own a combination of stocks and bonds. 
and that then you would have been okay had you had some stocks at that point stocks would have outperformed uh yet you would have kept getting uh this rate of uh higher rate of interest so well i mean there there are no easy answers if in that in that moment in the early 80s i'm sure it was not easy buying uh, a long duration bond just because there was no way to know that inflation was going to come under control uh or perhaps there was a way to know i i just don't know i wasn't there but uh, th- there are no easy answers but you know in in, in all this <clears throat> discussion it, there's no easy answer just like there's no one size fits all you know one decision solution to any of this and um you need to be able to have you as an investor needs to be able to have that kind of conversation with someone to discuss this kind of thing on a regular basis because markets change your personal situation changes and <clears throat> that's something we've prided ourselves our our firm on is encouraging the asking of questions you know we we like it when our clients ask questions and you as a as a client as an investor you should never feel intimidated or um intimidated to not ask a question you need to understand what your money's invested in why it's invested that way and it should be able to be explained to you in a manner that you understand without being talked down to exactly not being talked down to or intentionally talked over and and therefore intimidating it needs to be a conversation you know you guys talk over me all the time and i think it really bothers me (laughs) but i don't know what to do about it (laughs) no i mean Sometimes people, as they get older, you know, they don't catch things as quickly, and it's okay. You have to be, you know, you can tell people to slow down. You can tell them, that I don't get this. <coughs> Most of it's common sense. Yeah. It's just a different set of language. That's right. It's like everything has its own language. Money has its language. Poetry does, you know, um, different things, and music they all have different nomenclature and their own really kind of laws if you will just, yeah just exactly the, you know you have certain laws in music you have certain things that you can and cannot do with money you know it's like gravity i mean the law of gravity is there whether you like it or not you know it, when you're looking at cash flow there are laws that govern what the 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 end result is going to be uh and so it's it's always um you you have to be aware you have to know be able to ask questions and be comfortable right well and you've got to remember as you said one size doesn't fit all and that's why people that you can get on the telephone, that you can come look them eyeball to eyeball, so important when you go to choosing an investment advisor. Our goal at Dupree Financial Group is to educate, guide, and empower. And we hope you've learned something in this segment. If you want to listen to it again, you can find it at DupreeFinancial.com under the blog and radio tab. And again, this uh, episode was about am I ready to retire we're going to be posting it on Monday on our website 
We appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week.